The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Stand behind this great pulpit and to preach the Word of God uh, through a live stream service. Let me hook this thing up for just a minute. pastor asked me to take this time and uh, take a little bit of time and share the Word of God with our church. I tell you, this is a little bit different. And I walked in here, and I saw the empty church, and uh, this is not what Parkside is normally uh, look like. Thank God we have a packed auditorium. Almost any service that we have here, God has been so good to us. I say thank you, dear pastor, for allowing me to stand behind your pulpit and to take a little bit of time to preach the Word of God. I really like that song that the Garavis were singing, and I often tell, they often travel with us wherever we go because we listen to their CDs in the van. Sometimes you're pulling 18 hours, 20 hours, you know. You have to listen to several different CDs, and uh, that's one of my favorite uh, songs. I want my life to count for Jesus. I wish we would get hold of that. I want to preach to you this evening a title that I call The Day Moses Ran Out of Excuses. The Day Moses Ran Out of Excuses. We're going to look uh, at the Exodus chapter 3 verses 9 through 11 and Exodus chapter 3 verse 13 Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, and Exodus chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Let's look at there. If you have your Bibles as you're listening or watching us through the live stream media here, would you look at Exodus chapter 3? I'm going to read verses 9, 10, and 11. Bible says, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. God is speaking to Moses. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh? Let's look at chapter 3, verse 13. Another conversation God and Moses having here in verse number 13, Bible says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Looks like God is not getting through Moses. Look at chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, Your own. Let's look at chapter 4, verse 10. Bible says, finally, and Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I'm not eloquent, 
neither heretofore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. In these passages of Scripture, we basically see that God is trying to convince Moses that God has called Moses to do an important job. But as you see, Moses is coming up with excuse after after excuse after excuse, trying to convince God to change his mind about the calling of God is on Moses' life. As you know the history, as you read the Bible, you see that finally Moses ran out of excuses. What is our response to soul winning? I want to talk about soul winning. In a post-COVID-19 era, I know that some of us sitting in the home locked down for two, three weeks now, this is getting uh, very depressing to me. You cannot get out, you cannot go out to eat, you cannot do anything. It, it, it's, it's somewhat discouraging, I understand. But if you're not careful, these kind of situations can change our thinking and change our behavior towards the greater responsibility that you and I have for soul winning. Are you disappointed? Soul winning is the solution. Are you discouraged? Soul winning is the solution. Are you disappointed and desperate, desperate for, to do something for God? I believe we are all going to come out of this thing very soon. I believe that. And when we come out of this thing, I hope our churches will hit the street with a vengeance to share the gospel with the people. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. Speak to our hearts, dear God. There is a day that Moses stood in front of the great almighty God, the great I Am. And Moses had the courage to persuade you are calling on his life. I'm afraid some of us Christians, believers, as we go through this easy time for us, perhaps, sitting down, doing nothing, we may develop a habit of not doing much for the Lord. But my prayer this evening, as we get out of this thing, as we have the freedom to get out and go door knocking and, and take the gospel to our people, Dear God, we will have the fervency. We will have the understanding that we are called to do something great for God. Maybe we will run off our, our, our excuses that we will be faithful to you. Speak to our hearts this evening. Thank you for this great church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, COVID-19 actually started as an epidemic. I had to go and do some reading on these things because these so-called uh, experts, they're spilling out words that you have no idea. So I had to go and do some research on these things. And this epidemic became a pandemic. I was like, what is that? It simply is, epidemic is just, it's, it's, it's a contagious disease. It stays around in one country or one region. As soon as it goes past that boundaries of that country or going to different parts of the world, it becomes a pandemic. 
And globally, I was looking at the news, uh, it has already claimed almost 135,000 people's lives. That's a lot of people died, by the way. This is a serious issue. Almost 2 million people are contracted by this disease. Yet in the middle of all of this, the healthcare professionals all across the world are doing an excellent job. Some of these doctors, I was reading some of these reports, some of these, these stories that is happening all across the world, by the way. Some of these doctors, some of these nurses are going into the patients, to the rooms of these hospitals and treating their patients with great care. I was reading an interview with one of the nurses from India. She said they have to suit themselves up with all these the precautionary measures. They have to wear the mask. They have to wear particular gloves and all of that. And she said once you get into it, you have to stay within this suit for six hours. You sweat. By the time you are in the room, you cannot see much, but you have to treat these patients with the medicines. I believe our healthcare professionals all across the world do deserve an applause from our people. Amen. I hope we will treat them nicely. I hope we will, uh, we will acknowledge their service, not just during this time. They are doing a fantastic job for us. And that made me wonder, why are these doctors and nurses would do such a great job for us? They're not certainly getting paid enough to put their life in danger. Some of these nurses and doctors, they cannot even go home. They may have a young child at home. They may have elderly parents. They have to stay in their cars. They have to stay in the hospital. The husband and wife, they cannot see each other. If you ask them, why are you treating these patients? Why are you trying to take care of them? Almost all of them will say, this is my duty. I want to see if I can save at least one more life. I said all of that to just to tell you, COVID-19 is a pandemic. There is a good news about it. They are about to find a cure for it. Hopefully it is going to subside very soon. People will forget about all this mess very soon. We are going to go back to being normal. I think 20 years, 50 years, if the Lord tarries, the generation by, uh, in the future, I don't know what they're going to be called, they're going to look at the news from today and they're going to laugh at us. Say, what kind of goons are these? When the virus came, all they could think about is talking up toilet papers. But I want you to see the real pandemic that is recorded in the Bible. COVID-19, it's going to be subsiding very soon. It's going to disappear. We are going to get hold of this virus. Indeed, people have been dying, I understand. But this other pandemic that I see in the Bible has the power to destroy not just your body, even your soul. This one is very powerful. Social distancing is not going to help you when it comes to this pandemic that you see in the Bible. 
Face masks and hand sanitizers, staying inside the home, none of those things are going to work when it comes to this pandemic that you read in the Bible. Which one is this? Let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse number 12. That is the greatest pandemic that you will ever hear during your life. Bible says, wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Oh, dear friends, are you afraid of COVID-19? I believe you should be. But I believe we must be really, really concerned about the great pandemic that you read in the Bible called sin. Romans chapter 3 verse 23, Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin is the most dangerous pandemic that you will ever come across in your life. The result is so devastating. There is no difference when it comes to this pandemic. Young or old, men or women, by the way, there are only two. Black or white, all of us are going to be under the subjection of this great pandemic. COVID-19 has no medicine. They're still working in the labs. But this pandemic that I showed it to you from the Bible already has a vaccine that God himself has developed. Thank God for that. This medicine, this vaccine against this pandemic called the sin is called the blood of Jesus Christ. The medicine is developed in the laboratories of the heavenlies. On the, on the hills of Golgotha, Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross. We just done celebrating the Easter. He was placed between two thieves, two criminals, to the point where Jesus Christ and his body was destroyed to the point where we couldn't even understand him as a human being. Why? Because his precious blood is the only solution for the great pandemic that you and I see in the Bible as sin. First John chapter 1 verse 7, Bible says, And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sins, dear friends. Amen. There is no other cure for this pandemic called a sin but the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. First Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 19, verse number 19, the Bible says, But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as of the Lamb without blemish, without spot, He is the only cure for the pandemic called the sin in the world. The precious blood, the spotless blood, the powerful blood, the satisfying blood, the eternal blood, the blood from the veins of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But God is in the need of some distributors these days. He has a cure. He has a vaccine. But he is in the need of some distributors. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 and 15. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? God has handpicked a group of people to do the job of taking this vaccine, what I call the good news 
to the people, to the world today. They're called the local church. Yes. The local church. Are you a born-again believer? Are you baptized and a member of a local church? You are handpicked by God to do this great job of taking the good news, the vaccine, to the people, to the world. There are some in the Bible responded to that call of God without much struggle. And thank God for men like Isaiah. Thank God for men like Samuel. Here am I, send me, dear God. No questions, no pressuring. But then there are some men in the Bible, God had to do some pushing. For example, Jonah. It wasn't easy for him. It wasn't easy for God. God had to really push him. Just as we're reading in the book of Exodus, Moses is another individual. God had a job for him to go to the people to take the gospel, but Moses didn't want to do it willingly. He wanted to see if he can come up with excuse after excuse why he didn't want to do it. Here in Exodus, God is convincing Moses that he needs to go back to Egypt. Egypt in the Bible is often a picture of this world and the sin. God wants Moses to take the message of freedom to his people that are in slavery in Egypt. Verse number 8 in chapter 3, Exodus. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. God has an important job for Moses. From his response, back to God, we understand that Moses didn't understand the gravity of the job. Hey, dear Christians, you may say, I'm not able to do much soul winning right now. I understand. I believe we have every responsibility to be uh, paying attention to the government officials, the health officials, and we have the responsibility to follow their instructions to an extent. We have to be very concerned about our health and safety of our people, not just you and the people around you. And therefore, our chance to get out and do the soul winning these days are a little bit limited. I understand that. But like I mentioned, this thing is going to be over very soon. Are you still going to find excuses? Just like Moses? It is clear that Moses did not want to go. God is asking him, I need you to go back to Egypt. I need you to speak to the people. I need you to speak to the leaders. I need you to take the gospel back to the people. Instead of saying, yes, Lord, Moses had multiple excuses. Hey, you're sitting in your living room listening to me and saying, I'm glad God didn't call me. I'm just a member. If you're a member of an independent Baptist church, your friend, if you're a saved, baptized member, you are called by God to do this job. A lot of times we run into an easy life mode and it is sometimes it's very difficult to get back in there. I wrote it down here. Any excuse presented to the Lord is a fancy way of showing rebellion and disobedience. Any excuse presented to the Lord and for his, uh, for his calling on you it's a fancy way, a subtle way for you to show the Lord your rebellion 
and your disobedience. After the COVID-19 lockdown, many of us will try to find an excuse why we don't want to go solving it. We had it easy for two, three weeks. You know, we, we, we were okay. Dear friends, remember, sin is the most powerful pandemic. You and I as the saved individuals, we have the cure in our hands. If you don't go, the result is going to be extremely devastating. Remember, on that day when Moses ran out of excuses. Let me remind you, any excuse that you present before the Lord is a fancy way to show your rebellion and your disobedience. Moses didn't want to admit. Moses didn't want to admit that he was rebellious. All he could come up with is his excuses where he wanted to get out of that job. I have a few minutes left and I want to give you a few points and then I'll sit down. Number one, the excuse of insignificance that Moses was trying to pull it off. Verse number three, chapter three, verse number 11, Bible says, Moses is speaking back to the Lord and say, who am I that I should go? I'm so insignificant. I'm nobody. I'm very small. A, I was looking it up and it says, insignificance is the feeling that you are too small or unimportant for the job. It looks like on the surface, it's a good thing. You know, it's the opposite of pride. But you have to be careful. If you are using your pious look as an excuse why you don't want to obey God, I don't think you're doing the right thing. If you feel like I'm so insignificant, I cannot go out soul winning, I cannot be used by God these days, dear friends, you are looking for an excuse just like Moses did. But Moses here is using it as an excuse to get out of his calling on his life. Also, Moses was focused on himself. If you read the Bible, Moses keep referring about himself. I, me, I cannot do it. Me, I am not important. Dear friends, a lot of times these kind of excuses happen because we are so consumed about ourselves. We focus on ourselves. All we need to do is to focus on Jesus Christ. Verse number 12, he said, certainly, I will with thee. I'll be with thee. God is speaking to Moses and say, hey, I have a solution. I'm going to be with you. Don't worry. Believers who say, who am I to go solving There are pastors that say, I cannot send my people out solving because our church is very small. There are people in the congregation think, I cannot go because I'm very insignificant. There are churches across the, the, uh, the land, the United States, believe that our church is small, our congregation is small, we are insignificant. Therefore, we don't want to do the soul winning. Dear friends, you are focusing on yourself. Change the focus from you to the glorious Savior, Jesus Christ. Let him empower you. Let him use you. Let him give you the power to get out and bring the gospel to the people. Hey, Moses, your first excuse is not going to work because you are too much focused on you. Number two, the second excuse that Moses was given is chapter 3, verse 13. The excuse of illiteracy. He says, what shall I say unto them? In other words, Moses, I believe, was one of the most educated men at that time. 
He's coming from Egypt, had the privilege to grow up in the Pharaoh's palace. I'm sure he had the best education at that time. But all of a sudden, Moses, when he comes to God, he's trying to pull another excuse and think that God is going to buy it. He says, what am I going to say when I go to the people? I am illiterate. I don't know how to speak. Moses knew how to communicate with people. After all, he grew up in Egypt, in the palace. But when the first excuse didn't serve him well, he came up with the second one. I do not know what to say when I go to the people. Here again sounds like a good excuse. You do need someone who knows what to say. No one knows everything, dear friend. Nobody knows everything. But if you do not know anything about a subject, the responsibility is on you to study about it. Say, I don't know how to do soul winning. Have you gone to your pastor and asked, hey, can you show me how to do soul winning? Maybe you go to a, a mature Christian and say, hey, how do you do this thing, soul winning? How do you share the gospel with somebody? What are the verses in the Bible that we can use? Or have you picked up a book and read a little bit about soul winning? In other words, when you say, I'm illiterate, and if you use that as an excuse, that is not going to fly with God. Because the responsibility to educate me about solving or any matter, it's on me. So the answer, I don't know what to say, is not going to be a good answer. After all, James chapter 1 verse 5, the Bible says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And he giveth to every man, not just a little bit, liberally. A lot. Hey dear friends, when it comes to the matter of soul winning, are you going to say, I am illiterate, I don't know how to talk to people, therefore I'm not going to go. Here Moses could have said, dear God, I do not know what to say when I go up there. Would you teach me? He didn't. He said, I don't know how to talk, therefore please don't force me to go. I don't know how to share the word of God, so please don't send me. Moses could have asked God, would you show me, would you teach me? It is interesting to watch the response the Lord gave to Moses. Chapter 3, verse 14. He says, I am that I am. That's all Moses needed. All he needed to know that the great God, I am that I am, the self-sufficient, self-existing God is with Moses. All we need to do today is to focus on the Lord. John chapter 3 verse 14. And Moses lifted up the serpent, as, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man must be lifted up. Hey, dear friends, churches all across the world, believers all across the world, pastors all across the world, I think you and I, we have a great responsibility to lift up the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Let the world see that we have the solution in our hand. Amen. And if you do, we will not take the excuse, I am illiterate. Let us show the world Jesus Christ is the answer. John chapter 12 verse 32, Bible says, And I will be lifted up from the earth and will draw all men unto me. I think sometimes we are so consumed with our own self. 
We are in the business of lifting ourselves sometimes. We forget to lift up the, the great God, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the great Savior. And I believe we don't get to see the result like we used to. When you go out to soul winning, can we raise Jesus Christ up? Let them see Jesus Christ. Let them see he died for the sins of the whole world. Nobody else has done that. Dear friends, but your lack of knowledge cannot be your excuse not to share the gospel with others. Individuals who say, I'm not educated. A lot of great preachers. There are great preachers that never went to a school, but they became great. You know why? They were willing to submit themselves, humble themselves, and they were in the business of raising Jesus Christ through their lives and through their ministry, through the words that they gave. Because of that, these men became great preachers. Number three, excuse of inability to convince. Excuse of inability to convince. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. The next excuse Moses is giving, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For Moses, his first and second excuse didn't win his case here in front of God. The first two excuses, you could say Moses was trying to see if he can somehow pull this off. But when it comes to the second and the uh, third and the final one, you could see there, is, there are some personal feelings involved in it. He's getting serious about it. I believe the reason why he came up with this excuse because he was reminded of his past in, in Egypt. Remember, right before he ran off, he ended up killing an Egyptian. And he was afraid that that past, that history is going to change just to follow him when he goes back to Egypt. Your friends... You say, I cannot go soul winning because of my past. I cannot go soul winning because the sinful conditions that I come from. I cannot go soul winning because I have a greater baggage on my back, the, 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 the life that I used to live. Dear friends, sometimes that is an excuse. God can use any circumstances. God can use your inability to convince others. God can use your past, the failures, the sexes, whatever might be the case. God can still use you to win people to the Lord. We have stories where murderers become the children of God. They get saved and they become very effective in sharing the gospel. There are so many incidents in the Bible where people that lived such a sinful life, they got saved and God greatly used them. He also says, I cannot go because of my past. He's afraid that the people are going to point their finger at him and say, he's a murderer. He's a traitor. He's a manipulator. Here comes Moses who took somebody's life. How can we trust him? That's a serious concern. Hey, dear friends, you can still trust God, and God can use even that circumstances. Number four and final excuse that Moses gave to God here is 
the excuse of imperfection. Exodus chapter 4 verse 10. Bible says, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. In other words, he had some physical disability, if you would, to speak eloquently. There are a lot of people that have that issue. But the interesting thing, I was reading the Bible, the life of Moses. But when he went back to Egypt, as he is standing in front of the Pharaoh, as he is standing in front of great multitude, you never hear in the Bible whether he had actually a speech problem. You never hear it. I believe Moses had an issue. But I also believe God in his power took that problem away. Because you don't read in the Bible whether Moses ever had a problem. Anytime he went in front of Pharaoh, he stood and he spoke like he has no problem. When he stood in front of his own people, the Jewish people, he spoke to the thousands, the millions, and he had no problem speaking to them. Dear friends, are you using your imperfections as an excuse? Verse number 11 in chapter 4, The Lord said unto Moses, him who hath made the man's mouth, or who, hath, who maketh the dumb or deaf, or the seeing or the blind, have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth. God is not looking for your eloquency. God is looking for your surrendering. God can use you. Regardless of your imperfections, Regardless of your problems, God can still use you in a great way. But if you're looking for excuses, I tell you, you're going to run out of excuses when it comes to God. Because God has placed a calling on your life to take the gospel to the corners of this world. And as a church, as a members of the church in Parkside Baptist Church, we have a greater responsibility to take the gospel wherever we can, to whomever we can, any circumstances, we are commanded to take the gospel. I hope none of our people will find an excuse why, after everything is said and done, we cannot go soul winning. I know our people are going to be so encouraged. They will be like, I cannot wait because I want to go soul winning. Are you discouraged? Soul winning is the answer. Dear friends, hey church, let's go soul winning. All across the world, dear friends, if you're listening to me, let's go soul winning. COVID-19 is really bad, I understand, as I mentioned but there is a greater pandemic called the sin. And you and I, we are the only ones who have the solution in our hand. And we must go and we must take the gospel to every corner of this world. Christians, let's go soul winning. Pastors, encourage your people to go soul winning. Teenagers, encourage your friends to come and soul win with you. Young children, get some tracks. Let's go soul winning. There's a great message in 
But Dr. Jack Hiles called, let's go soul winning. Are you discouraged during this time? COVID-19 and all of these things? The solution, I believe, encourage your heart. As soon as this thing is over, I'm going to go out and I'm going to be soul winning. As soon as I have the opportunity to get out, I'm going to go soul winning. Don't sit there in your living room and think that everything is going to come down. The minions are going to come and take over the world. It's not going to happen. Our Lord is in control. Our Lord is in control. There is no other great God who is above our God. Until he commands. Until he sends the orders. Nothing is going to happen to you and I. Dear friends, above all, if you're saved, your soul is going to be in the hands of God. But if you are a born-again Christian, let me encourage you, you have a great responsibility to take this vaccine, what we call the great gospel of Jesus Christ, to all across the world. That responsibility is on us. If these doctors and nurses can do such a fine job, putting their lives in danger, I think we as Christians have a great responsibility to take the gospel to the corners of the world. That day Moses ran out of excuses. In chapter 4, finally Moses comes to God and says, Dear God, I lost my case. I'm willing to go. There will come a day in your life you are going to run out of excuses. Will you say, Dear God, I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to take the gospel because that's the vaccine that we need in the world today. Every eyes closed, heads bow down. I want to give you a couple of invitation thoughts. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.